0: Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. We're continuing on with the division of the land in the book of Joshua. We're in chapter 19. We just looked at the territory of Simeon, uh, Zebulun, and Issachar, and now we've come to verse 24, looking at the territory for Asher. Now, Asher is given territory along the coast uh, in the north, the a plain of Akko, as it's called uh, geographically, up uh, all the way toward uh, the cities of, of what would be Tyre and Sidon, eventually. The territory that was given to Asher would be a very good territory in many ways. The number of the sons of Asher was about 50,000, and so they occupied this fertile coastal plain that was uh, very famous as an area of olive production. Uh, Asher is listed uh, in Genesis 49 as uh, in verse 20, As for Asher, his food shall be rich, and he shall yield royal dainties. So not a lot is said about Asher except that his land would be productive and that its produce would be used for uh, rulers. So the tribe of Asher was given uh, very good, productive territory in the north. Then we come down in verse 32 to the territory of Naphtali. Naphtali is immediately to the west of the Sea of Galilee, Uh, going up to the north, following the northern end of the Jordan River, all the way up toward Mount Hermon in the north, and it includes uh, the area around the city of Dan, although the specific site of Dan would be given to the tribe of Dan. Naphtali, uh, again, this is a a region that is agriculturally uh, very good, it's. It includes a north-south ridge through the land, a fertile and productive valleys here, uh, leading right up to the western side of the Sea of Galilee. Naphtali is listed in Jacob's prophecy in verse 21. Naphtali is a doe let loose. He gives beautiful words, and I think this has. Uh, In poetic and symbolic form, um, some connotations about the productivity, what would uh, be brought out from the area of Naphtali as well. So in the north, we have Zebulun, Issachar, Asher, and Naphtali immediately to the west and north of the Sea of Galilee. In the south, we saw the tribe of Benjamin settle, squeezed right between Judah and Ephraim, and so the only tribe that remains in verse 40 is the territory of Dan. Now, Dan is interesting because they're actually given territory in the south uh, and also... A pocket around the city of Dan uh, in the north. So I want to read just a couple verses from this section, verse 47. And the territory of the sons of Dan proceeded beyond them. So in verses 40 through 46, we're given the, the place names for the city of Dan, or the area of Dan to the north of the region of Judah, south of Ephraim and Manasseh, and about from the Mediterranean coast, about two-thirds of the way to the east toward the Jordan River. So opposite of Benjamin, in that little slit of land, you've got the territory of Dan. But now in verse 47, it says, The territory of the sons of Dan proceeded beyond them, for the sons of Dan went up and fought with Leshem, and captured it. What is this city? Then they struck it with the edge of the sword and possessed it and settled in it, and they called Leshem Dan after the name of Dan their father. This is the city of Dan that would be very close to uh, Mount Hermon in the north. Verse 48 This was the inheritance of the tribe of the sons of Dan, according to their families, these cities with their villages. So Dan has a dual territory, it's uh, just to the north of Judah on the western side and south of Ephraim and Manasseh, but then some of these individuals also went to the northernmost part of the territory of Israel and conquered the city of Leshem and renamed it Dan after Dan uh, the son of Jacob. Now, going back to Genesis 49, we read about Dan in verse 16 and following. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent in the way, a horned snake in the path, that bites the horse's heels so that his rider falls backwards. For thy salvation I wait, O Lord." It's not immediately clear what the reference to that is, um, what, why it's referring to Dan perhaps in such a, a negative connotation, but one possibility that's been posited is that because Dan was so far to the north, uh, the, the city of Dan, it was the first wave of encounter with a lot of the other uh, Gentile nations. And so over time, they became heavily influenced by the Phoenicians in the north and the eventually the Assyrians in the north and uh, turned away from uh, the Lord their God. Dan was a site used by Jeroboam I, the first king of the northern kingdom of Israel when the kingdom was divided. And there was an altar built at Dan and a golden calf set up there to cause the people of Israel uh, to fall into sin, Jeroboam did not want them to return to Jerusalem to worship, and so gave them the opportunity to worship closer to home. Uh, so, both of these things might uh, be referring to uh, or going back to Jacob's words in Genesis 49, showing how the people of Dan, specifically the city of Dan, would cause the sons of Israel to fall into sin. At the end of chapter 19, in verses 49 through the end of the chapter, we have uh, territory given specifically to Joshua. Joshua is listed last uh, in the distribution of the land. Remember, because he was one of the spies, two faithful spies to the Lord, Caleb was given his territory within the territory of Judah, and now Joshua will receive his inheritance. Verse 49, When they finished apportioning the land for inheritance by its borders, the sons of Israel gave an inheritance in their midst to Joshua, the son of Nun. In accordance with the command of the Lord, they gave him the city for which he asked, Timnath Sarah, in the hill country of Ephraim. So he built the city and settled in it. This is a principle for us, I think, in leadership coming out here, Joshua takes his inheritance last, after everyone else has been served, after every other territory has been given. And I think one principle of godly leadership, of servant leadership, is that you place others above yourself. Certainly this came out repeatedly in the life of the Lord Jesus, who sought to Uh, serve others throughout his ministry rather than uh, to serve himself. Joshua is a good example of that here in uh, helping everyone else uh, in the community of Israel to receive their inheritance before he worries about his own and takes his own inheritance. And so in verse 51, we have the conclusion of the distribution of the land. These are the inheritances which Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the heads of the households of the tribes of the sons of Israel distributed by lot in Shiloh before the Lord at the doorway of the tent of meeting. So they finished dividing the land. Of course, Eleazar the priest is the one primarily who casts the lots. He has the Urim and Thummim, uh, which we don't exactly know what uh, these were, but some manner of the high priest casting lots to inquire of the Lord what his will is. So Eleazar the priest is really the prominent one in this verse, the one who's doing the casting of the lots, but Joshua is there as well as the military leader of the people, and uh, the heads of the households of the tribes are also there as well. All of this takes place at the city of Shiloh, at the entrance to the tent of meeting, uh, the tabernacle that would have been set up there. So the division of the land comes to an end at the end of verse 51. As we move into chapter 20, chapter 20 is about... The cities of refuge that are set up. And so, reading from verse one, the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, saying, Designate the cities of refuge of which I spoke to you through Moses, that the manslayer who kills any person unintentionally without premeditation may flee there, and they shall become your refuge from the avenger of blood. Well, what's this all about? Back in the law of Moses, provisions were made if someone accidentally killed another person without premeditation. In other words, this was not a willful act. This was an accident. Uh, The blood that was on their hands still made them guilty. And the family relatives of the person that had been slain had the right to come after them and seek retribution, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a life for a life, and so on. However, uh, God made provision that these individuals to whom this tragedy happened uh, could flee to a city for refuge and live there uh, safe from Uh, having revenge taken on them for the accident that occurred. Verse 4, And he shall flee to one of these cities and shall stand at the entrance of the gate of the city and state his case in the hearing of the elders of that city, and they shall take him into the city to them and give him a place so that he may dwell among them. Now if the avenger of blood pursues him, then they shall not deliver the manslayer into his hand because he struck his neighbor without premeditation and did not hate him beforehand. And he shall dwell in that city until he stands before the congregation for judgment until the death of the one who is high priest in those days. Then the manslayer shall return to his own city and to his own house, to the city from which he fled." So, verses 7 through 9 tell us which cities they set up as these cities of refuge. Here they are, Kadesh in Galilee in the hill country of Naphtali, Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, and Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the hill country of Judah. Now, what I want you to realize about these three cities, these are all on the western side of the Jordan River, and they are spaced wonderfully, almost evenly throughout the land, so that wherever you were in the land of Israel, if this tragedy uh, befell you and you accidentally killed someone, you had uh, the an equal shot of making it to one of these cities. Um, then we have on the eastern side of the Jordan River, beyond the Jordan, east of Jericho, verse 8, they designated Bezer, in the wilderness on the plain from the tribe of Reuben, and Ramoth in Gilead from the tribe of Gad, and Golan in Bashan from the tribe of Manasseh. These were the appointed cities for all the sons of Israel and for the stranger who sojourns among them, that whoever kills any person unintentionally may flee there and not by, die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stands before the congregation. The Lord is just and he knew that in these situations, these individuals had not acted willfully, but that it was accidental. And so it was giving them a chance to uh, protect themselves. So justice of the Lord is on display here. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu slash partner.